Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 49. My name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. What is up, girls and gays? I have something very important that we need to discuss before we get to this week's film, and that is an update on the Billy Mitchell situation. Now, if you have not listened to our episode about the 2007 documentary film King of Kong, please do that because I think that episode is really good and, like, no one listened to it. (laughs) Yeah, weirdly, no one listened to that. Yeah, I can't believe nobody wanted to listen to the episode where we watched an obscure film from 2007 that I'm really excited about and no one else is. Um, (laughs) So, so, you know, if you've heard that episode, you're aware of Billy Mitchell. Uh, Maybe you're aware of Billy Mitchell in general as the the king of Pac-Man. The King of Donkey Kong, the man, the the arcade legend Billy Mitchell, the famous giant piece of shit douchebag asshole Billy Mitchell, um, and uh, and and when we last left our hero Billy, uh, his records, his world records had been scrubbed from the Guinness Book of World Records, had been scrubbed from Twin Galaxies uh, back in April 2018. Now, in the past couple weeks, it has come to light. That Billy Mitchell is threatening to sue Twin Galaxies and the Guinness Book of World Records unless they reinstate his his records. Um, and and obviously we all know that Billy Mitchell is a, a fraud. Uh, he has some level of video game skill, but he is also known for using emulators and for cutting together footage, and was generally known to be a a, a fraudulent person when it came to this activity that he was participating in and very famous in. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that I have a ton to say about that other than I think it's really funny. Um, my <laughs> thing is it, it's hilarious, first of all. But what's really kind of funny and I guess cool is uh, we talked about Twin Galaxies a lot and just how they make, uh, they make sense out of just like, kind of nothing like like no one would care about this unless someone cared about it right and they like build a story out of this and make people care about you know high score records in old arcade games and they were kind of the first to really do this they they're like the proto like you know kind of speedrunning community Mm -hmm. um i guess uh which is it's cool that they have enough like pull that the guinness book of world records just totally takes their word for it yeah. uh and that that was kind of funny and i guess when it comes down to it the guinness book of world records is just them but for like also how long can you grow your fingernails <laughs> yeah and shit like that it's yeah. kind of just the same thing yeah it's um <laughs> i think you wanted to talk about the uh the the cover image of the of the letter the evidence package that billy Mitchell put together for this case yeah he his his like book of evidence is just him holding a plaque the front of it is just him holding a plaque surrounded by like nine like women like like booth babe looking (laughs) girls yeah and it's just very fun and then just like in small font above that like my my evidence or whatever (laughs) it's it's a really powerful image and it's it's the most it's the most billy mitchell image that you could possibly think of because it's it's gesturing toward a vibe, but he puts the minimum amount of effort into it to achieve that vibe. So it just looks like shit, but he's so overconfident that he thinks it's exactly what he was going for. Uh, yeah, Billy Mitchell really looking like uh, one of the many characters from Tekken, a 2009 American martial arts film. 
who is who, which also features characters surrounded by women who are just acting as scantily clad props to make a character look badass. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Tekken, Mark. So Tekken, right? <laughs> it's it's based on the game, the the Tekken game. It's a fighting game. We've done a lot of these fighting game movies at this point. Um, <clears throat> I will say, um, so th- this one's from 2009, and it's 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 right. It's it's like the last gasp of a lot of these 2009 video game movie. Yeah. Um, these these 2000s video game movie tropes. I enjoyed seeing them. Uh, they get replaced by even worse video game <laughs> movie tropes, such as like even more rampant but somehow more subtle sexism <laughs> and d- just transphobia. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's he's the 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 thing in this one is he's trying to avenge the loss of his mother, uh, and he uh, the the dude Jin, you know, he's John Fu, so he got some some martial arts skills <laughs> the martial arts isn't half bad in this movie um and you know they they fight yeah yeah so I'm gonna, <laughs> if you want to go a little more in-depth on the yeah plot, let's um, go for it i like how i was like tell me about Tekken. and you were like didn't provide any like the name of the director or like any of the actor and you were just like <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just one of it's another one of those shitty martial arts movies you've seen them, you've seen one you've seen them all i never okay look well i'm gonna get into it let's okay so up front before we talk about the plot at all uh i just want to make it clear I've never played Tekken, I know nothing about Tekken, so we're not going to talk about Tekken, the video game. What matters is the movie and and, and the quality of the film. I've learned uh, through Mark mentioning it before we started recording that one of the big reasons that a lot of people think this is a bad movie is because it, it has very little to do with the plot of Tekken. That doesn't matter at all to me. I don't give a fuck about that. The movie can suck entirely on its own without that influence, so let's... Let's let's dig into it here. So, yeah, I I agree 100. <laughs> percent I I haven't read any of those goddamn Star Wars books. I'm never going to. <laughs> All right. So it's it's the dystopic future, and eight corporations control the entire world and all of the <laughs> they, world governments. They really started off with a bang. They I, really do. They, it's him saying eight corporations control the world. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like oh, you mean just like real life, where it's more like five corporations. <laughs> That was my first thought was like, they're going to build a universe where we're supposed to be scared of the fact that corporations have enough political power to like own the police and own all the capital. I'm like, God. Yeah. Hire death squads to kill unionizers. That's just now. That's just the world. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, And we'll get into that because this movie has weird fucking politics. Uh, So our protagonist, Jin, he thinks the corporations are no good. So, you know, we're kind of like him already up front. Uh, And so he goes to the open call for the Iron Fist tournament because this is a movie based on a fighting game and the plot isn't allowed to be about anything else besides a big tournament where a bunch of people punch each other and women wear not a lot of clothing. Uh, And he's going to win the tournament and then he'll have the opportunity to kill... Heihachi, for some, so Heihachi is the bad guy, and he controls the Tekken Corporation, and and Jin doesn't like him because Tekken is responsible for the death of his mother, probably, uh, and and for some reason he wants to join the tournament, and then that will let him kill Heihachi. It's very unclear. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then you you know how it goes from there. You know what happens after that. Yep. There's there's punching. 
there's ethnic stereotypes, you know? Like, they get into a ring with each other and and yell about honor and shit, and then they punch each other. Like, what the fuck do you want from me? (laughs) Yeah, the... every one of these fighting game movies has like an extra level to it. And I guess the level to this one is kind of the corporation thing. uh, And like the, the politics and I guess broad, broad strokes. um, The first thing I'll say is I'm sad that they, of course they didn't, but they didn't go very far with like the politics and this could have been cool if they did. It's, um, it's interesting uh, because I think this was, like, the purest form of, I have seen so many awful fucking films for this podcast. Uh, 49 of them. 49 of them, in fact. uh, That this film, by virtue of just being, like, somewhat competent, uh, I'm, like, sitting there like, wow, I can't believe they pulled this off. Like, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And so, like, by virtue of that, I almost find myself defending it because it could have been so much worse. (laughs) Um, Because it it, it takes itself more more seriously than some of the other fighting game movies we've watched, like DOA or, like, Mortal Kombat. They take the time in this film to establish a world where it kind of makes sense for this tournament to exist. And they they have a protagonist for once and they take time to set up the protagonist getting involved with this tournament they give him a motivation it's crazy there's like kind of world building in it like yeah totally the the currency stuff yeah there's like a really good actually good scene at the beginning of this film where like Jin goes into a bar and he's like dealing with this like black market dude and the things that the guy on the black market is selling is like an orange and some chocolate and some coffee you know, and, like, it kind of sets up this world where, like, you know, consumer goods beyond, uh, I think they call them, like, protein bars or protein snacks or something. like Protein that kind cubes, of, I believe. Yeah, yeah, is, like, not easily accessible to people. And, like, he has to pay through the nose to get that shit and do a lot of crimes to make the money to get that shit. And so, from the start, you're like, damn, this movie has a whole-ass character in it. They made a world that kind of makes sense. How bad could it be? Uh, And that's because your brain is fried because you've been watching video game movies for the past 49 fucking weeks. Uh, This movie is awful. This movie is still shithouse awful. It takes place in three rooms uh, and it's just boring as shit. Yeah, the, it really your, is. your brain really wants to tell you that this movie is like fucking Blade Runner because the last because <laughs> the last fighting game movie you watched was Dead or Alive, yeah. and it was the worst thing ever. Yeah, and, like this is this is a better movie than Dead or Alive, you know. Yeah. But that's not saying a lot. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, the 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 bar scene was my favorite scene for two reasons. One for the the world building and it's 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 kind of cool they talk about the different currencies he he's promised like tekken dollars he's like no i want world currency or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called so there's like global currency and then there's like world currency so there's higher value to different types of currencies and it's just a really subtle thing and that's you know they talk about that later on the movie so they establish something and then they talk about it later (laughs) it's incredible incredible that they do that (laughs) It's also my favorite movie, my favorite part of the movie, because, um, uh, and and I don't want to be the type to, like, complain about, like, a specific mechanical aspect of this movie. In this case, it's, I guess the acting is not really mechanical, but the the, the acting in this movie is very bad. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it is actually kind of funny bad in some parts. There's yeah. this part that 
I swear, it, I got the most, like, the room vibes from this part, specifically <laughs> because it's, like, him saying, you're my favorite customer. Like, in the room, <laughs> there's this part <laughs> where he's, yeah, he's at the bar, and and he's like, hey, what's my tab? Well, how about now? Hands him money. That's why you're my favorite customer. And then Jim just goes, bye. He doesn't even yeah, buy a drink. Yeah, it's like the flower shop scene from The Room. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I don't know. It was, it was nice to kind of come back to our roots once again with just another blurry gray action movie from the 2000s that makes no goddamn sense. It was um, comforting, and- yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I felt that watching this as an incredibly pixely 4x3 YouTube video that looks like <laughs> shit was, like, a really appropriate way to enjoy... Like, this movie is just on the cusp of being so bad it's good. It's not quite right. cornball and stupid enough to be truly enjoyable. It's too boring. It's too boring for that, and the interesting bits are all kind of around the periphery. The actual film is just like, here's a mediocre fight scene... Here's an uncomfortable romance. It's over now. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, there's there's stuff like the the late two thousands butt rock intro song for the first <laughs> yeah. for the first scene, which sounds very like like mid career Lincoln Park or Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> sounds like the Halo Two soundtrack. Um, and it's it's like I, I love it, but the whole movie doesn't have that. It's just like that one scene. And if they just gone full that. And just made it more cornball, cheesy. I could have gotten more into it. Yeah, you definitely get the impression that the people that were making this were, like, genuinely trying to make a good film. And, like, not aware that they were making cheese. Yeah, you, you never want to do that. It's a it's a Tekken movie, guys. Well, it's rough, right? You know, because you have to strike a balance there. Because, like, trying deliberately to make cheese uh, usually doesn't work out, no. in my opinion. Um, I think that movies like that tend to feel really fraudulent, tend to feel really, uh, like, try-hard. Like, yeah. oh, look at the ba- like the Sharknado thing, right? Yeah, they're not earnest. They're not, yeah. And, like, the earnestness of a bad film is what makes it really enjoyable. The idea that somebody was sitting there and going, this is fucking brilliant, as they were writing it down, and then watching, like, sewage <laughs> appear on the screen in front of you, that's kind of where the enjoyment comes from. But this doesn't really reach those heights uh and i think that was honestly the most disappointing thing about it is it it just wasn't stupid enough yeah for sure (laughs) yeah yeah um so i don't uh i don't want to talk about the misogyny in this movie at length because it's the same shit that we always talk about in this fucking podcast just go listen to the Dead or Alive episode, and we, we talked about the use of scantily clad women, and women as props, uh, and, and, you know, sort of like the male gaze in films, and the way that women are treated as, you know, disposable sex objects, and why that's problematic. We did a whole bit about it. I thought it was very good. We don't need to do it again. You've already heard it. You've heard it 12 times on this <laughs> podcast. So, you know, broadly just assume that this movie is like that. You know, it's got, it's, it's, all the ladies are wearing bikinis, okay? It's that kind of movie. So just, you know, have that in your mind as we continue through the rest of this train wreck. I want to talk about the thing where Jin has a love interest <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. And she just and she just completely disappears. Yeah, they, she just d- they have like a nice, like kind of cute little like like sex scene that's also used uh, to compare like having a dick to be having a gun. Because the bad guy is like shooting someone while the while Jin is busting a nut, which is like, oh, it's a sh- they actually constructed a shot. I get it. A gun is a dick, <laughs> but like they have kind of a cute little like romantic scene together, and, and it's nothing. She she's gone. 
I guess. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, so what happens is, like, Jin, like, goes and becomes part of the Iron Fist tournament, and the love interest character just, she just, she just is no longer in the film. She's just gone. And she's, and she's replaced, uh, by Christy, uh, who was my least favorite character in this movie, because she's kind of like, you know, like, you know, like, the pop-up ads you get, for like for like a knockoff of Clash of Clans, and it'll be called like Kingdom Sh- Hero Battle yeah. <laughs> Legend have Shadow like, Warrior. <laughs> yeah, and it'll have like a lady, and she's wearing like armor that only covers her tits, and she's saying like, "My liege, we need your help in order to <laughs> defeat the bandits." So that that character is in this movie. Her name is Christy, <laughs> and like she's like competing in the tournament, right? She's like one of the fighters, uh, and like. You know, it's the type of movie where, like, every single character is constantly sexually harassing her, but, like, she gets to clap back and say, hey, don't look at my ass, you you man, every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, this 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 commits the 2010 sin of, hey, she's, she's sexually liberated, she's in charge of her sexuality, she probably uh, <laughs> likes it that, uh, you know, she, she dressed like this because she likes it. Look, she chooses to have sex. Huh. <laughs> She's, yeah, it's this it's character not. exists in a vacuum and wasn't written by gross men. Yeah, I oh god, I hate that shit. I hate the like the take from the type of people who have like zero experience in media studies whatsoever and who just like don't apply critical thinking skills and like approach things like this like as if this character is a real human being that gets to make decisions and not like a character constructed by gross men to mm-hmm. put on the screens. Yeah. And like the 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 romance between her and Jin is so fucking paper thin and so like uncomfortable and cringy the entire time it's happening. Yeah, it's so goddamn forced by them being in the same location and being straight. Yeah. Like it's just like look at these two straight attractive people who don't wear shirts that we put in proximity with one another. The 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 dance scene at the club is really awkward too. They they go out to a club at one point and she's and 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 Jin is like Oh yeah, I know all about you from like your ads, because uh, she's one of the sponsored <laughs> players, and she's like, the ads don't tell you everything I'm good at. Come on, and drags him onto the dance floor and starts just like grinding on him, and then he's yeah. grinding too. And like, this is a character who I think like his mom just got murdered, right? <laughs> he's just you know grind dancing with her very awkwardly. Yeah, and they're like aggressively making out with each other after having met like. 20 minutes prior it's uh it's i'm gonna i'm gonna look i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna be really honest i'm gonna be really i'm gonna be really open on this podcast i don't think that the romance plot in the 2009 tekken film uh was particularly (laughs) effective or moving i think that's all i really need to say about it Um, i would agree uh Real, real quick content warning for this next section. I'm only going to talk about this a little bit because the film only talks about it a little bit. Uh, going to talk about rape a little bit because that's a thing that happens in this movie, barely. Um, so there's this all this fucking bullshit where, like, Hihachi's son wants to be the new president of Tekken, so he kills his dad, and then it's, like, revealed that... The Hihachi's son is Jin's father, so his 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 father is the bad guy, so there's a little bit of tension there. Um, and then, like, during the kind of confrontation between Jin and this, this villain character, the villain just, like, casually reveals that he raped Jin's mom, and that and that Jin is, like, a product of rape. Like, he, sa- he says something along the lines of, like, like, she, she was left beaten and defiled when I left her. I should have killed her when I had the chance. And it's just, like, I talked about this 
at length in the Blood Rain episode and in probably several other episodes, so I'm not going to give a lot of attention to this. Um, but if you're if you're a male, uh, you know, creative type of any kind, and you feel the urge to throw rape in for shock factor, to have one of your female characters be sexually violated in order to m make us feel anything about the villain, and you're not actually interested in saying anything about that sexual assault, it is merely just a plot device, it is merely just a tossed away line to make us not like this guy, uh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck off. Don't make movies anymore. That's kind of all I got to say about that. Yeah, it's... I, I totally agree that you, you really shouldn't bring this up unless you're going to take the care to, like, be careful with it and, you know, actually do a thing with it. It can't just be, like... Like, it can't just be a, a one-off plot point in your movie. Uh, these things need, like, reasons to happen. Otherwise, you're just, like legitimately like triggering the fuck out of like anyone in the audience who has gone through this and yeah. it's just it's not worth it in, in most cases it's gross yeah um yeah, it's super gross. it's super super gross uh this movie has weird fucking politics and <laughs> it and i like that they go there but they could have gone there so much more they they legitimately yeah. like do they at some point say like capitalism they, they might not say the word capitalism but they really say like corporations like a lot yeah they talk about corporate well, control and the corporations have like control of the, the police and the governments yeah so i would say that like the big thing that i took away from this like my kind of like thesis about tech in 2009 uh is that it's a film that is largely about the logical conclusion of capitalism made by people who don't have any critique of capitalism right because the whole film is about how, you know, the inevitability of profit, the inevitability of, uh, you know, expansion uh, is going to lead to a world that is entirely co controlled by corporations, uh, like, mm -hmm. nakedly, right? You know, like, in this film, it's like, the, the countries are just called the names of the corporations. They live in Tekken. Right, right, like, right. It's, it's that level of shit. Um, but I want to focus specifically on a very particular scene that I think, like encapsulates the issues with the ideology in this movie um and that's like the scene where Jin meets this dude who is essentially like the president of Antifa right like they're all it's exactly what he is yeah yeah like he's like <laughs> it's like there there is some sort of quote-unquote vague revolution happening and this is the dude that's in charge and it's just like a white it's like a scruffy white dude with a beard uh and that character uh, is his whole bit is how he is lamenting the loss of choice and the free market. Like he has this specific <laughs> line where he's like, you know, it used to be we had choice, you know, we had the free market. Now everything is Tekken, and it really reminded me of that of that tweet from the guy like complaining about the Cuban supermarket. Like you know, we're like the oh boy, you know my like favorite tweet. We're like the greatest ideal we can possibly have. The best argument in favor of capitalism is. Look at all of these different hot sauces I can choose from. Look at the wide variety of pretzels available to the common man. <laughs> you know? And, like, and, and, and it's like the film is positing, like, well, we used to have a little bit of capitalism, and that was awesome. But now we have too much capitalism, and that's no good. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the other thing that they, uh, that they managed to, to stick in there is the idea that, like, it's it's not it's not a systematic problem. It's the problem of like a couple of rotten individuals yep. who like ruined capitalism yep. for everyone. At one point, uh, uh, Grandpa Tekken <laughs> uh, 
Heihachi yeah. uh, says, do not judge all of the Tekken Corporation by the actions of my son. Like, my son is shitty. He's a bad capitalist. What I did was, like, necessary for humanity, which is, like, definitely a thing that a, like, capitalist would say. Yeah, they li- there's literally a part. So there's, like, these fucking doom soldiers with these fucking black masks. And one of the characters literally refers to those soldiers as the Tekken Gestapo. Like, this movie is like, yeah. this movie is like, all right, y'all, I'm ready to play with some serious political concepts. And then it, like, sees what it would actually have to do in order to contend with the themes that it's putting up. And it's like, oh, oh, fuck. Um, um, oh, fuck. Okay, no, actually, at the end, Jin wins the tournament, and then he kills Heihachi's son, and then he becomes the the CEO of Tekken and all of the Gestapo. Like, there's, the end of the movie is Jin walking out of the arena where they have all of the fights, where 99.9% of the film takes place, and he walks out, and there's all these soldiers outside, and the soldiers all salute him. So, the, 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 you know, satisfying conclusion, the end of this character's arc, the the way that this political turmoil that's established in the first five seconds of the movie is is resolved is well now the now the now the Nazis are listening to the to the nice guy, so it's gonna be fine. Yeah, I don't even know <laughs> if they're saying I don't know what they're saying because they 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 say barely anything. He literally says, "Okay, well, like." I got my revenge. Uh, I did it my way. Now I'm going home. And that's when he walks out in the soldier's salute. And that's the the credits roll yeah, like, as the soldier's salute. There's like so some, we don't... <laughs> there's like some voiceover that's like, that's yeah. like, well, shit might have been fucked before, but maybe it's a little bit fu- less fucked now. But we never know what could happen in the future. And then it just kind of fades out and that's the end of the movie. Like they're just, they're just not here to address any of the things that they set up at any point throughout the movie. Like they've, they've created a somewhat interesting world that they have absolutely no real political views on. Uh, and then they just like throw it in the trash at the end and tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's like they accidentally constructed like an actual, like somewhat realistic type of like, world that would happen if corporations were more brazen and had more like obvious control of politics and not just the shady uh legislative control of politics Mm -hmm. that they have and once they did that they were like oh we need to you know may may, we need to not actually scare people into thinking at all we need people to to realize that it's because a bad guy was in control right i can't believe that this (laughs) 2009 action movie (laughs) based on a video game does not have a coherent anti-capitalist ideology. What are we watching next week, Mark? When are we making the fucking (laughs) t-shirts, honestly? Seriously. Um, So we're watching The Wizard in celebration of our 50th episode. Uh, This is a big one. Yeah. it's it's a 1989 American family film directed by a person whose name I keep reading as Todd Howard, <laughs> um, but it's Todd Holland, not Todd Howard. Todd Howard is busy ruining several other American families' lives yep. uh, with bad games. Um, written by, except for uh, New Vegas, written by David uh, Chisholm, starring... Uh, the amazing cast. I will read this yeah. cast. Actually, this cast matters. Yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got Fred Savage. We've got Christian Slater. We've got Jenny Lewis, and we've got Bo Bridges, who I don't know, and I also don't know Luke Edwards. But um, it's got Tobey Maguire. Hell yeah, Tobey Maguire. Hell In yeah, his film debut and second appearance by Christian Slater on the podcast after Alone in the Dark. So a lot of a lot of excitement going Friend on. Friend of the show. Yeah. So this movie, um, for those of you who are not aware, um, this is a 
like a Nintendo propaganda movie, basically. Um, it's like yeah. it's like a children's family adventure comedy film type of thing. Uh, but it is entirely built around product placement for Nintendo video games. Uh, and particularly, uh, this was the first time that Americans saw Super Mario Brothers 3 was in the movie The Wizard. Um, I've never actually watched this movie all the way through. It's one of those things where, like, you know, I grew up on the internet watching the type of people who would make YouTube videos about movies like The Wizard, you know? People like the angry video game nerd. And, yeah, and, I've, I've seen the clip yeah. of the of Super Mario Bros. 3 being introduced yeah, on stage. Yeah, you've seen... The, this, is, this is... I love the power glove. It's so bad. This is... He touched my <laughs> breast. This is that movie. Um, yeah. I've never seen it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm sure it's going to be terrible in really entertaining ways. Uh, and I am looking forward to next week's 50th fucking episode of Cartridge Cinema Club. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? We're, we're getting close to the, to the year mark. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, at, at which time I'll have to rethink a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm already doing it. Uh, where do people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? <laughs> Um, find us at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter and join the Discord. It is linked uh, on the Twitter right there in the pinned post. Uh, we've got iTunes. We've got Spotify. We've got SoundCloud. Your favorite podcasting app. You can find us in any of those places. Uh, you should rate us uh, and give us a good rating, please. I recently already spent up my good rating, so we need yours now. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Uh, it's not nearly as hot in my desk as it was last <laughs> couple of weeks, so that's your weather update. And uh, for me, it was Tuesday. Tuesday.